Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Water Glow Podcast, where your hosts Ben and Indigo. You got the giggles again. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm high. I'm not. I'm not. I have no reason to be, but yeah, I got that, that giggle, giggle fits going on. Yes, yes. So today's episode is going to be about I don't know, kind of our model of metaphysics, I guess. Yeah. We're just like, gonna talk. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, I think it's, uh, I just think it's really interesting how, like, the, the meaning of the word metaphysics has changed a lot over the past, like, couple hundred years. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. It's like you say, like, metaphysics or metaphysical and people. That's that new age devil worshiping stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, yeah, the, that's kind of like the. The idea that it's like tarot cards and like crystals and stuff, but like the the original definition was just like what you think is going on behind the scenes, right? You know, yeah. Like even even like you know the sort of materialistic, uh, r- like modern so-called rational skeptic uh, approach is a metaphysical belief system, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like metaphysics is like the spiritual translation of the science, right? Like, yeah, a lot of this stuff actually has been and can be scientifically scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people in the process of working on proving more. Yes. Um. And and metaphysics is just one of many translations of what is actually. I use this term loosely because, you know, the observer defines it, but factually proven. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Depending on who's looking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that is something interesting is like, you know, um, epistemology, which mm-hmm. is like the sort of like um, the formal study of truth. Uh, not like not as in what is true. I don't know why that's but, so funny to me. I guess like, because the truth is, you know, it changes depending on who's looking. So yeah. studying it is just silly. It's fine. I mean, no, it's not silly, but you know what I mean. Mm, yes. There there were some interesting things that came out of epistemology, um, like the Munchausen trilemma, which is really interesting. It's kind of this like um, this uh, kind of like a, a logical proof that logic can't actually prove anything outside of itself right yeah 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 i mean yeah yes so that kind of threw a monkey wrench into a lot of people's uh ideas of In like theories yeah 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 because i like in uh early 20th century there was this huge push towards like trying to uh reformulate a lot of stuff into formal logic right right um mostly because of some success that like bertrand russell and a few other people had with like uh reducing mathematics to formal logic. Right. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, well, hell, why don't we do that with everything? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you can't. Well, never <laughs> say never. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, yes. I get what you're saying. Yep. But anyway, uh, I guess like, I don't know, where do we start? Like, what is time? Time. That's a big question. Yeah, you know, that's one of my favorite topics. Yes. Time, yes. nonlinear time. I mean, we're taught linear time from birth, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all we know. We know that 
there are 24 hours in a day and that the clock says that it's this o'clock, yep. right? And our parents knew that, our grandparents knew that, our grandparents' grandparents knew that. We're teaching our kids that. But mm-hmm. what happens when somebody steps outside of the understanding of linear time? Yeah. Because time is just a form of measurement for movement, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It's like a man's way of making sense of the chaos of nonlinear time. Yes. Like it puts things in orders. Mm-hmm. Time, a linear time allows you to create a timeline. Yes. Whereas uh, when you exist uh, outside of time on nonlinear time, it appears from the human perspective as chaos, but if you've risen above that, then you can see the order in all the moments mm-hmm. that create, make up and create a timeline. Yeah, exactly. Time is an illusion, part of the grand illusion yes. of this reality. It's just another story. Yeah. I, I, I've, I always... Um... I always kind of bucked against that. I like the the idea that time is an illusion. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, I mean, the sun goes up, it goes down. That's that's right. Time, right? Seasons happen. Right. But like, but it, but that's also a cycle. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's uh, it, I think it's because of the way that it's uh presented a lot of times. It's it's presented in like modern times, especially like social media and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like as like this um. Like, it's not even real, blah, 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 blah. Time, like, everything is eternal, basically. Yeah. And that nothing ever changes. Right, but you can only really understand that when you rise above the human perspective. Yeah. Otherwise, it just sounds like some... Okay, mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, weird woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. But then when it clicks, you know, you're like, oh, this is bullshit. This is that woo-woo, new-age, devil-worshipping stuff. (laughs) And then you have a moment where you're listening and everything and and those moments, those points, moments start lining up and it starts making sense. And you're Mm like, whoa, yes, these crazy people aren't actually crazy. They just understand something I don't. Yep. Yes. That that moment's weird. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's trippy. Yeah. 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 But like, I I guess like. um, Kind of my, my takeaway on time. I mean, I haven't had all that much experience with it. I mean, I've like kind of experienced a little bit of like awareness of timelines and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I, I <laughs> guess weird. like my my aware my I guess my working theory at this point mm. is basically that um, I mean it's usually fairly understood that like there's a a huge probability space of futures. Right, potential right, infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and they're all coexisting mm-hmm. from the now moment. Yes, um, but like where a lot of people get tripped up is with like the past, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Because you know, in order to move into the timeline that you would like to experience, you have to create a past mm-hmm. where it exists. Yes, and which gets a little confusing because you're like, how can I change the past? It's not necessarily that you go back in time and change the past exactly Mm -hmm. um you change how you see the past yes and that creates more probable higher frequency meaning uh more fun and more uh joyful Mm -hmm. probabilities 
Yeah. Whereas if you live in fear and you're constantly worried and this, that, and other, then majority of your probable futures are dense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Sidetrack. Back uh, to creating a past that allows you for the future you want. Yes. So, um, I, uh, the best way I can explain it is through like, um, Marvel. That yeah, like, Marvel does a great job of yeah. explaining these higher truths. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even mean like a specific example, but just like the way that they do stuff. You know how they do like reboots and shit all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, and they yeah. They do like the the prequels and backstories yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, like they'll they'll create a story before a story we already know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's called retcon, retroactive continuity. Um, and that is my understanding of how the past and memory works. Yeah. Is that we we create a past to explain the present moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really weird when, cause like our understanding of memory is in its infancy, I feel like. Yes. But, and, and as somebody who deals with memory issues as a result of exploring that space. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Yeah. You, you, you can just, there's no rule against rewriting your past. Like right. what you remember, all you have to do is change how you remember it. Mm-hmm. Like if you went through something traumatic, find a way to give that moment gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Find a way instead of saying, why did this happen to me? Oh, poor me. I, I experienced so much pain and so much suffering as a result of this moment. Try to change how you see it from that to look at how strong that made me. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all I learned from that horrible experience. Look at, you know, how much wisdom I acquired as a result. And it changes your past. It changes mm-hmm. a dense moment to a high frequency moment, which changes the probability of a high frequency future to mm-hmm. a larger probability. Yes. Yes. Like, it's okay to let go of memories and events that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you can't, there are people who can just let it go and they don't need to heal it. They're just like, okay, I'm done with that experience. And they just never think back on it, which mm-hmm. is okay. If you're, as long as you're not suppressing and you actually let it go, but you know, you could take that horrible, hard, painful moment and you can transmute it into a positive moment and do that with every hurtful, painful memory you have, and you end up alchemizing your past. You end up mm-hmm. taking a lower timeline experience and turning it into a higher timeline experience. Doesn't mean that the things didn't happen. It mm-hmm. just means how you experience them, how you look back at them changes. And yep. as it changes, your frequency rises. And as your frequency rises, your probable futures become more beneficial. Yes. And th- this is really interesting i fucking love talking about nonlinear time i just love yes. it yes this is this is like super fascinating everything that you were saying um very very much in alignment with the part of the um Book paul selig's mastery series that i was just listening to last night i highly recommend that series for anybody who is searching for the higher truths and stuff oh, the yeah. book of mastery series holy mm-hmm. shit i had one of my uh I, I had two major singularity moments. One was listening to that book and one was watching the Quite Frankly podcast, which is so weird. <laughs> but listening to that book, it was weird because it started interacting with my thoughts. Mm. And I was like, whoa. And that's what those kinds of uh, writings, there's music that does it too. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that's what the, they have activation codes in it. Yeah. Whether the author knows that or not, I think some do, some don't, mm-hmm. uh, or the artist singing or playing their instrument, whatever there are, there are activation codes in it and it activates this, your higher chakras and your higher knowing and you access the understanding of things like nonlinear time, which is how singularity moments happen. Yes. I actually had to take a bit of a break a few yeah. years ago from <laughs> listening to that because I was, I was driving, right? Mm-hmm. I was listening to it oh, on, God, on that's, like Audible. That's hardcore. Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> it was, it was weird. Like, um, just talking about like, you know, how you interact with the universe, right? Right. And all of this stuff. And all of a sudden it was like, like a, like a switch went off mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I had like this complete awareness of the fact that my consciousness was the only thing that was keeping my butt in the seat of the <laughs> of the car. Right. And that if I wasn't like sort of like con- uh, continuously manifesting reality that I would just fall into the void. Yeah. And those I was, moments are freaking weird. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't just a thought. It was just like an awareness. Uh, it, yeah. It felt oh, like it was weirder. in free fall. Yeah. While I was driving and I was like, oh shit, I can't do this now. I gotta stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Well, I was sitting mm-hmm. in the bathtub trying to relax because it was not long after I had the first singularity moment, mm-hmm. and I was—I uh, had a really hard time integrating that. Yeah, uh, it was rough for me, and mm-hmm. I was sitting in the bath listening to the Book of Master. Actually, I don't remember which one happened first. I'm pretty sure the, quite frankly, one happened first. But anyway, I was listening to the Book of Mastery and. There was this weird crescendo, like like a swell of energy going along with it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like the book was interacting with my thoughts. And I was just like, am I dead? <laughs> did I, did I, is this, if this is heaven, this is kind of bullshit because this is scary. But I was just like, did I die? <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah. Why is this book interacting with my thought? It was weird, but I get what you're saying about that free fall void space because it's it's a weird moment to mm-hmm. understand like the unity and the oneness and the that you are the one creating with your awareness and your consciousness your reality. Yeah, it's it's a very very bizarre <laughs> feeling, and I I haven't had that experience again since I think because of how how much it kind of like shocked me. Yeah, it's not even like. Um, not like, oh my God, kind of shock, more like, whoa, what the hell was that kind of shock? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine freaked me the fuck out, but you have always been really cool with weird shit like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Like when I explained to you what happened to me, you were like, okay, all right. And I'm like, but babe, (laughs) like, I was was just like, oh yeah, I've read about that. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, I've I've experienced it a few times since, but not with uh not with audiobooks. I've ex- I've experienced it with like audiobooks, music, podcasts, TV, mm-hmm. movies, things like that. But my favorite singularity experience is sitting on our back porch and interacting with nature. Yes. That's my favorite form of singularity. Yeah. Having having, you know, like pointing at the sky and having a bird fly over yeah. or taking a deep breath and a gust of wind goes through the trees mm-hmm. or blowing at the sky and the the clouds clear. Like that's my favorite form yes. of singularity. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had that one experience with like being able to hear the music of the spheres. Yes. That was amazing. That Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Putting some headphones on, like I've tried it with different music, 
Like mm-hmm. I usually listen to like folky type stuff when I do that, but I did it with like rap one day <laughs> and it was so much fun. It was so <laughs> much fun. You would never expect to do like that kind of heavy beat and mm-hmm. you know, I should try this. I oh. wasn't listening to any music. It was oh, you just, should try it. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Cause you get like, the audio, you know, mm-hmm. well, even without music, you can get like the birds chirp interacting with your thoughts. A bee will buzz by or whatever, but with mm-hmm. music, it all, it, it it's like having an orchestra, you yes. know, like it's really cool anyway. And try it with different types of music, like things that you would never think mm-hmm. would go like opera. I'm sure is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I should, I should listen to some chip tune one day. Yeah. One day. That would be really cool. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll, the singularity experience happens at the zero point perspective. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the more you practice, the more you get into alignment, the more you allow your awareness to stay in that space. You're you're existing outside of time. Uh, the the you unlearn linear time. I don't know if so, if I'm sure there are people who could just pop out of it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I experienced it. And then I as much as it terrified me, I wanted to experience it again. I had to unlearn what I had learned about linear time. Mm-hmm. And now I can sometimes pop into that space when I'm in alignment. When mm-hmm. you're in full alignment, you're at zero point perspective. You are existing in the fully in the present moment, in the now, which time does not exist right. in that moment. It's just you and your reality that is being driven by your awareness. Yes. And you can do really cool shit with that. Mm-hmm. Like point at the sky and have the clouds clear. Yeah. Or take a deep breath and have the wind blow like mm-hmm. really cool things happen. And it, is it you controlling nature or is it that just that you are that in alignment with nature that you can feel when these things are going to happen? So, you know, yeah, <laughs> my, my, my personal theory on that is that, um, <clears throat> that both and neither. Yeah. Basically. It that, depends that just, on your perspective. Yeah. I mean, I guess like my, my view on it is just like uh, when you get in those spaces of alignment and like it's uh, like basically like ultra synchronicity. Right. <laughs> right. Like yeah. the entire universe and is, your mind are one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like uh, I, I've, I, I've known a few people that have experienced that and come away with it with like this feeling that they are nothing, that it, mm-hmm. which is not a healthy space to be in. Mm-mm. And then there are other people that come away with the idea that they are everything. And that's not a healthy space to right. be in either. Yeah. But it's it's more like that you individually in your consciousness and everything else are both manifestations of everything something else. Right. Right. It's like, uh, what's one of my, let's see. I have so many examples on how to explain this. Uh, like the one on the, the Conrad uh, interview that I did mm-hmm. like imagine that source is that okay source is everything God Allah Buddha whatever you want to call it right let's imagine a hand right mm-hmm. you have five fingers on the hand and you have a finger puppet on each finger the pinky is me the the ring finger is you the middle finger is some bitch over there we'll just you know <laughs> Pointer finger is someone else, and the thumb is the dog's spot, right? Yeah. Same hand is controlling all five puppets. The mm-hmm. same hand is is inside each puppet. 
And the puppet itself would be your specific avatar. Mm -hmm. The bitch over there, the dog spot, you, me, whatever. So imagine the hand is source or your divine spark, right? Mm -hmm. That spark exists within everyone. So it can communicate between the trees, you, me, uh, the dog spot, that bitch over there. Like, you know, it's the same thing that exists within everything. Mm -hmm. The water. Yep. The wind. Yeah. The the planet itself. Like yes. it's all one consciousness experiencing our reality, our collective reality from multiple perspectives. And as a result of the multiple perspectives, this would be a in a whole other podcast episode, are multiple realities. Yes. Each perspective is a different reality. Yeah. And that gets a little into the everything and nothing zone too, because it's like, it's easy to feel lonely Mm -hmm. when you understand that nobody else sees the world exactly the same way you do. Yeah. But similar. Yes. There are people who see it similarly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like somehow we make it all cohesive mostly. Right. I mean, I think like the Mandela effect is basically like cracks in the cohesion. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Which kind of ties in with what we were talking about with, like, the past being, like, retroactively created. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could present a slightly different Waterglow podcast uh, logo or whatever yeah. and swear on everything that it's been that way mm-hmm. the whole time. And half of the people will be like, no, it hasn't. <laughs> I remember it with, with this drop. Yeah. And half the people would be like, no, the drop wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like the be- whole thing with the fruit of the loom. Mm-hmm. The yeah. cornucopia. Yeah, yeah, which I remember. I remember like, it. I distinctly remember it because that's where I learned what a cornucopia was. Same. Like yeah. my parents got me like, so like I was a kid, my parents got me like some fruit of the loom underwear. And I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? Why is there <laughs> fruit on my underwear in this <laughs> wicker basket looking thing? Yeah, it was yeah. there. Yes. Unless we're from a different timeline, which is entirely possible mm-hmm. from the timeline where the cornucopia was there. Yep. And you're from the timeline where the cornucopia was not there. Entirely <laughs> possible. Yep. Yep. It's a series of moments tied together in your mind. Yes. If you experienced it differently, bada bing, bada boom. Didn't they remove the cornucopia in like the 90s or the early 2000s? See, that that in itself would create a mandala effect because anybody who's over the age of like 30 is going to remember... The cornucopia, because it was on their underwear when they were a kid. Yeah. And anybody under it is not going to remember it because it wasn't there. The official story is that it's never had a cornucopia on it. Yeah, they're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway. Timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. <laughs> Weird stuff. Very, very. You know, that 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 scene from Doctor Who mm-hmm. where, he, where he's talking about like wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey stuff. That yeah. is like remarkably accurate for I haven't for my seen that scene. I need to watch oh, it. Man. I know I need to watch it. Yes. I know. I haven't watched Doctor Who. Yeah. Which I know is insane given my love for t- the idea of time travel. Yes. It's really good. I, I remember like <laughs> a few years ago I tried to get you to watch it. Uh, like um I think you were like really tired or something and you're you got you didn't want to listen to the to the opening theme song because <laughs> it got really loud. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Or do I? Yes. <laughs> did I did I remove that memory from my timeline? And watching it again will be like brand new. Hell yeah. But yeah. Yes. Nonlinear time. Um, medicine people. 
Oh yeah. Uh, are outside in shamans. They mm-hmm. work outside linear time all the time when they do soul retrievals, when mm-hmm. they travel, when they drum, they go into trance, they go into other worlds. Yeah. And that's part of what inspired my understanding of mental, mentally time traveling, being mm-hmm. able to project your awareness and your consciousness into the past and the future. Cause I had a soul retrieval done with a shaman mm-hmm. and she was explaining to me how she went to multiple lifetimes. One where I was a whipping boy, one where I like desperately wanted to be the apprentice of this medicine woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, she explained to me the traumas that I collected as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if you can travel to other worlds and, and other points in time from you know, hundreds of years before this lifetime, can you do it in one lifetime? Like, could I project back to my five-year-old self and offer comfort in a hard moment or say something to some, you know, or project back to my 16-year-old self and say something really sweet to someone who was about to go through something hurtful or, Mm -hmm. or hard just so to redirect their mind? Can I project to the future? And collect information of things that might happen and bring it back. You know, like, yeah, if you can project through time to retrieve pieces of a soul, can you project through time and, and bring that information back? Can you project through time in one lifetime and send information? I always wondered that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting yes. to think about. Yeah. I remember uh, a couple years ago... Um, <clears throat> I, I was reading through some uh the declassified documents from the CIA mm-hmm. from that uh project Stargate thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know that was uh they, they did a lot of remote they they recruited a lot of remote viewers right mm-hmm. yeah um basically it was like uh the the story behind that was that the uh the USSR was looking into this kind of stuff. Right. And so the CIA was like, uh, we better get on that. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> yeah. were like the, the, the official, uh, start of it was just like, this is almost definitely bullshit, but just in case it's not, we definitely need to get on board with this so that they aren't able to spy on us and we can't spy on them. Right. 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 <laughs> so they were like, you know, recruiting all of these like remote viewers and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just to see if they could get anything. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, the official story is that it was a big nothing burger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the that official nothing... story. Yeah, exactly. Because when you find out that it is possible, how do you how do you tell the public that? I know, right? But like, here's the thing: I was I was reading through some of the the, the declassified stuff, and I just happened to find this one. It was like an inter. It was like uh, it was basically like um, interviewer notes mm-hmm. and uh, like a transcript. Right. right. It was a transcript of what the remote viewer was saying he was seeing and the notes that the guy that was leading him. Yeah. Uh, to say. Right. Sorry. Yeah. And like I'm not crying. I'm laughing. <laughs> Sorry. I just remembered something that I remote view. Like every time I remote view, there's a dick. Like I, <laughs> not every time, but like a lot of it. There's there's a dick. And I'm just like, what is Why? happening? Sorry. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Anyway. So. <laughs> I, I was reading this from like a very uh, skeptical standpoint, right? Yeah. I was just like, I don't know if this is actually accurate or not. Yeah. No idea. I would just like to read and see what they have to say about it. Right. right. And like, you know, th- like I said, the official story was that it was nothing and that they stopped looking because it was all bullshit and a waste of taxpayer money. Right. right? But there was this one <laughs> where 
he was the 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 uh the person that was leading the the sort of interview, I guess, mm -hmm. the asking the remote viewer to go somewhere. Um, he had him to go to Mars, right? Uh, like three million years ago, I yeah. think something like that. And I was just like, okay, this is weird, you know? Right. I was reading it basically like I was reading a sci-fi novel. Mm -hmm. Like hmm, this is interesting. This is cool. And then like uh. He's like explaining, like like the the remote viewer is talking about where what he's seeing and and like all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's like the interviewer notes, and it says he didn't go to the right place, but I'm gonna keep going and see what he sees. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Yes. How could he know that exactly? If it was a big nothing burger, and this was obviously hokey bullshit, how could he know? How what could was he there? know that he went to the wrong place? Yikes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. There's so much we don't know that we do know. Like mm -hmm. there and you know a lot of it is out there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it can can be found. You just have to know where to look and discernment. And discern what's bullshit and what's real. Yep. Uh And there's stuff that has yet to be released that I think uh, uh, you know it's a tough space because mm -hmm. this level of understanding and knowing and, and these things can literally make people go insane and yep. insane. Yeah. Uh, so like on the one hand, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Everybody deserves access to the truth, but at the same time, the truth is out there for anybody to find. Yes. So like if you need the CIA, FBI government, whatever other secret agency to hand you a file that explains it all to you, then you're still looking to someone else to tell you what to think. Yeah. You can find it on your own. Mm -hmm. We did. Yep. Yes. But yeah, that it, but there are documents that have been released by the CIA, mm -hmm. by the FBI, by our government and by foreign governments that confirm that the metaphysics is real, that mm -hmm. that the spirit world is real, yep. that you can remote view through time, mm -hmm. that you can remote view in the present. Yep. That you can send information through time. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff has been released to the public, UFOs, aliens, all that stuff. Yep. Uh, it's just not presented to you on a platter on the news. Right. You have to know where to look. Yep. And you have to have the desire to know. Yeah. So while you're sitting here calling people crazy for being able to remote view, there's actually documents out there that confirm that it is possible and you look big silly. <laughs> <laughs> because you chose not to look for the evidence that supports something that you don't want to agree with. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I've been there. Yeah. Like, me, that's cognitive dissonance. You yeah. refuse to look at it because you don't want it to be true. Yes. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, back to something you said, like, you know, about, like, you understand the um, the hiding of information, y yeah, basically. It's, I don't it's know. I'm weird. on the like, fence about it. Yeah. I mean, I... um. I was just thinking about like the approximately 20 minutes of actual psychosis that I experienced yeah. when I yeah. like had some, had some experiences. It, it was really weird. Like I had awareness of it. I yeah, was just like, oh. are you crazy if you know you're crazy? Exactly. Exactly. But I, I was just like, I was just sitting there and I was just like, this is weird. I cannot distinguish the difference between fantasy and reality right now. That's yeah. really weird. It, it's a weird spot to be when you have the awareness. 
Yeah. I finally just decided it doesn't matter. I'm just going to be the best me I can be in every moment, whether yeah. it's real or not. Because mm-hmm. those moments outside of time, it's like, is this real? <laughs> right. Like, does it count as I'm existing? I'm experiencing it. So it's real to me. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, and those like, moments are weird. Yes. And what you were saying about like, is it real? That that just reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Bertrand Russell. <clears throat> like the uh, philosopher. Well, he, he was a polymath, like freaking genius. Um, he was, he was one of the ones that, that, that did that thing that I was talking about, about reducing, uh, mathematics to formal logic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was also a philosopher, mm-hmm. right? And, um, he, he once said that any attempt to divide the universe into what is real and not real is doomed to failure. Yep. Cause yep. like, you can't prove that shit. You can't. <laughs> you know? Cause you like, can't. yeah, like I, I love, um, Descartes initial part of his discourse on method okay. um but basically he he kind of went through like this um sort of thought experiment um process where he was just like you know um he he wanted to know the truth right right so he he went to like this university and you know he was he was like you know, the aristocracy. So he had like plenty of free time to do right, whatever he yeah, wanted. Right. <laughs> so he spent all of his time studying stuff. Right. So he like learned, um, all of like physics that existed at the time. Yeah. Right? That and sounds he was just familiar. Like, like someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, it was like, he started learning this, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, the hard sciences. Right. And mm-hmm. he was just like, well, there's no truth there. It's it's interesting stuff, but there's no truth. Right. Right. So right. Th- so then he moved on to religion and he was like, well, this is interesting stuff, but there's no actual truth there. Right. There's just people say that this is true. Right. I don't know if it is or not. Oh, boy. We and should then, do an episode on that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. But like, th- then he like, <laughs> then he went on to like philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. And he started, he was just like, man, this is the same thing. But people just saying this is true because I say it is. Right. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So let me figure out what is, what I can prove to myself is actually true. Right. Right. So he's mm-hmm. sitting at his desk and he's like, hmm. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. Not at his desk. He locked himself in a bread oven for like a week. Uh, That'll that'll take you there. Yes. <laughs> that'll take you there. Sensory deprivation. Yeah. Shit. That'll take you where you need to be. Yeah. So Not recommending like, it to anybody. No, no. But like he was, he was just like sitting there, and he was just like, "Okay, um, I know I have two hands." And he was like, "Wait a minute, what if I'm hallucinating that?" Right? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and he like went down that rabbit hole. Oh. Uh, and, and like he was like, "Okay, like he was going through like this list of like what do I actually know for sure is true?" Right? I'm observing reality. Yeah. Then he was just like, "Well." Am I? Uh, I don't know yeah, if I, I have. But the, God, then he that's, was a, like, that's a fucked up loop to get caught in. Yeah. yeah. The, the, he like he finally reached this conclusion that the only thing that he could definitely prove to himself was that at some level or other he exists because he's thinking and something must be thinking. Yeah. So something must Who's be the thinker having of the these, thoughts though. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There you like, go. But that, that's where that, like, uh, I think, therefore I am thing yeah. came from. Mm-hmm. Was from that. Yeah. And then he proceeded to rebuild his already existing model of the universe from this. And I was just like, wow, that was that was a great start. But 
Jeez, just went in a circle. <laughs> the synchronicity, the song that popped up. We have our music muted. The song that popped up when you said he re he redid his model was "It Won't Do" in all caps. <laughs> it's just funny. The syncs are funny. Oh god, that's funny. Throw out the old model and build in it, build up a new one. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I think therefore I am. I, and, and when you reach that level of awareness, you understand exactly what that means. Yeah. But it's like, what happens when you cease to exist as this avatar, but you're still a part of this greater consciousness that thinks? Yeah, that, that's that's a trip. I, I'm i still, I, I don't know. If um, you want to like break I've, it down to the bare basics minimum, the only thing that exists is awareness. Yeah, yeah. Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, Which is you know that crazy to think it's just this big blob. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but like it's it's really interesting. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I've I I used to hang around a lot of like hard like hardcore physics professors and yeah. stuff like a lot, and um they just kind of like have like modern um physicists for the most part have this extremely sort of condescending disdain for philosophy. Of course they do. It's, it's really weird. It challenges weird. their life's work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, they don't even seem to realize that their entire life's work was built by philosophers. <laughs> I know. It's amazing, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like, Luton, uh, like, Newton and Leibniz. Like, they were both philosophers that just happened to be good at math and physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine but, blending philosophy and these higher truths and higher knowings across all areas. Not just science, yeah, but entertainment. Mm -hmm. Imagine if all a bunch of leaders from different religions sat down together and mm -hmm. talked about all that. I guess that is what they do. But you get what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, it, oh wait, it used to be more that way than it is now. Yeah, now they're yeah. I don't know. A lot of compartmentalization. <laughs> I would on. like. I said this back when I had my singularity experience. I would love to get like a rabbi, a priest, a. a shaman you know just people from different walks mm -hmm. in one room at one table together to just talk yeah it would be so interesting although mm -hmm. i think that most people at that level understand that they're all saying the same thing in different languages different yeah cultural expressions of the same ideas yeah i mean that's that's basically where um carl jung got his uh ideas about archetypes mm-hmm was oh. just like talking to people like he, yeah. he traveled the world and would like talk to like you know uh medicine people and mm -hmm. um gurus like he went to india to like talk to a bunch of gurus and stuff and like went to africa and talked to um the um who, what what is it called the i can't remember i have no idea <laughs> yeah just like, medicine people yeah, from yeah. all medicine over the world all over the world and um because yeah he was always interested in that kind of stuff but um. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And they're all Some archetypes. The... They're all talking yeah. about the same thing. We got to do an episode on archetypes. Yeah, I love talking about archetypes. But that's yes. they're the same energetic expression called by something different. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Like, like okay. Here's here's a, a like uh. In high school, you have the cool kids. Yeah. You have the nerd table. You have the band geeks. You mm -hmm. have the freaks. Those are archetypes. Those are a, a form of archetype. Like yeah. You have them at every school. Mm -hmm. Different expressions of the same energy. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, basically, like, uh, like uh, I don't know, like, Buck Rogers and Superman are exactly the same character. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just one's in, one is more in space than the other one is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Sorry I keep coughing. We quit smoking a while back, and I'm still... <laughs> Yeah. Say yeah. Anyway. Yes. That was weird. Like you know, we we'd been trying to quit for like years. We decided we were gonna quit, and then we started smoking more. Yeah. And then one day we were like, we're done, and we just stopped. Yeah. It was weird. It was like you know, all of a sudden, like cigarettes started tasting really disgusting to me. Yeah. I was just like, can't do it. Yep. We got a vape, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yes. I, I smoked for like twenty years. Yeah, uh, how how long did six years for me? Yeah, you, you, uh, I hate that you ever asked me to try it. it. It was not long after we got together. Yeah, that was really weird too. I, I don't even remember you what just started. You yeah. you asked me if you could have one. Yeah, and I, I was, was like, like, no, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was like um, I was doing some energy work on you, and then all of a sudden I just got like this hardcore craving for a cigarette, which My was bad. weird. <laughs> You picked like, up my habit. Yeah. Whoopsie that, poopsie. Yeah. It, 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 I, that's something that happens like a lot. Um, exchanging um, basically like behaviors. Yeah. 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 It, it, and uh, sort of like these like frequencies can resonate with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ramble bamble. Yeah. Yes. Like you got me saying shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> Like just little things. Anyway, yeah. Nonlinear time. Yep. Metaphysical model. We ended up talking about time, which is my favorite topic. I'm sure we'll do another yeah. episode on that. I feel like it's relevant. People mm-hmm. need to understand that linear time is something we were taught just like everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you unlearn what you have learned, you're left with a blank slate to create what you know from your experience. Yes. Rather than what you're told to think. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear you often hear that in music and teachings and, uh, you know, of these spiritual teachings. It's once you un- in order to know the truth, you have to unlearn everything you were taught because mm-hmm. it brings you back to the truth, which is. Really. The truth can really only be experienced and seen from that blank slate yeah. that you had when you were born. Yes. You have to go backwards to that point where you first came out of your mother's womb and you didn't know anything other than, wow, it's fucking bright out here. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. zero point. Yes. You weren't you weren't taught anything yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you go based off of personal experience. Mm-hmm. Whoa, it's bright out here. Oh, I could breathe. Yeah. You know, things that you experience, not things you were told. Yeah. And that that's um it's not the the, the ability to let go of that stuff is not something that can really be taught, I don't Mm-mm. think. Um no. it's an untangling. It's, yeah. Yeah, it is. And some uh sometimes it happens like spontaneously. Spontaneously, yeah. Uh sometimes it takes a lot of work. Sometimes yep. it's just like a gradual process. Sometimes it happens spontaneously and then takes a lot of work to maintain. Like <laughs> yeah. you have that moment of full clarity mm-hmm. and understanding and you have that zero point perspective and then you come down from that super high frequency and you're like, well, I want it back. Yeah. And you got to untangle. Yeah. You got to unlearn. You got to 
redo a bunch of shit. It's weird. Yeah, it really is. Anybody who gets that spontaneous and maintains it, I'm jealous. Like, good job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty rare, though, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, back to the, like, the metaphysical model. Uh, my understanding of that is uh, basically, like, um, we kind of generate or we build these mental models of things mm -hmm. subconsciously. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's called the default mode network. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's basically like these structures of like how things are. Right. Right. It's like, this is this way. This is this way. This is what this means. That's what that means. And we've mostly collectively agreed upon these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with like, um, uh, because we're social animals. Like right. we're, we're social creatures. Right. Uh, so like you don't want to stray too far away <laughs> right. from the collective because right. it gets a little you're... scary. <laughs> Dora exploring the unknown, in which case you do. Yes, yes. That's what, I mean, that's kind of what we did. We went mm -hmm. way far away from socially accepted. Norms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but so basically, like, your default mode network it ha plays a part in keeping your experience of reality uh, cohesive. Right. Right. Because otherwise it would just be this disorienting mess. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you get that a lot with people it. who first experience it. Mm -hmm. Like they they start talking about what they experience, and you can't actually speak on the ineffable, so it sounds like babble, like it, it, to a person who doesn't understand or has never experienced that space. It sounds crazy. Okay, now that shenanigans are done with tiny turds. <laughs> Jeez, supposed to be taking it out. They want to be on the podcast so bad. They really do. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, talking about the ineffable. Yes, yes. Uh, so, like, like, like you said, like, um, when people talk about that kind of stuff, it it sounds insane, right? Or just like yeah. babbling, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> and I, I guess, um, my advice for anyone who wants to be able to understand that kind of thing, at least you know vaguely, right? Um, even if they haven't experienced it themselves, um, learn about symbolism. Yep. Um. That's that's a very misunderstood word. Um, I, I think, like for me, the the best starting point that I had for that was um, taking like an art appreciation class, mm -hmm. and um, uh, like uh, what's it called, uh, literary analysis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the symbolism is a full sensory experience. It's not just like this symbol means this, right? It's everything yes and it's not like it's not a dictionary type deal no right it's, it's unique to each individual they're yeah. like most things there are certain things that are collectively understood like for example a bird uh, would represent a higher knowing mm -hmm. uh, whereas a lizard would represent a denser or lower knowing not better or worse just different yeah you know uh, and, uh, uh, along with a kajillion other things. Where is the lizard sitting? Is the lizard on a tree? That means something completely different. Right. Is the lizard eating? That means something completely different too. Is the mm -hmm. hawk? Is it a hawk? Is it a crow? You know, mm -hmm. literally, what sound is it cawing? Like, right. All of it can be read like a book. Yes. It's wild. Yeah. Symbolically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I, I mean, for me, it was like. Um, Art appreciation and literary analysis definitely gave me, like, the fundamental tools to right. understand it. Yeah. 
And it was it was weird because like when I was first doing literary analysis like in in high school, I was just like this this is really dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it was, and I, I think it was because like it's it, it it's always presented as if it's like this dictionary type deal, like right. This means this like a reference this means book, yeah. that right, which is not always the case. Right, you have to be able to trust yourself too, because mm-hmm. like the your higher knowing will tell you what it means Mm -hmm. and then you second guess yourself or doubt it or whatever but you can start out by like googling it or getting a a some sort of you know yeah reference book like the medicine Mm -hmm. animal uh animal speak is a great book yes for like animal metaphysical meaning Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, like you were saying like context is important too yeah Cause like I, I was, this just popped in my head. Like you know, you, like you know, what's the symbolism of a red balloon, right? Right. And it's like you know, you, you could like list off a bunch of stuff, and then you know, what about it in the movie It? Right. Right. It means something, something very, completely very different. different. There. Yeah, because yeah. the context is very different. Right. Like okay, here's a great one that has multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. The triangle with the spiral in it. Yes. The yep. FBI told everybody that that's the symbol for pedophile. Yep. Long before the FBI told everybody that, there was a channel, a famous channel, I can't remember his name, who has that symbol. It's a Bashar. Bashar, yeah. It's a triangle. And I chan- that's how I found out about Bashar. I was learning to channel from a, another, I was learning about channeling from another teacher, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Scranton. Yeah. He channels the Arcturians and all sorts of other people. Um and I showed him this picture of this symbol that I that I saw in a vision, in a dream state. And he was like, that looks mm-hmm. like Bashar's symbol. Have you ever heard of Bashar? And I was like, no, I'll look him up. So I looked him up and sure enough, the symbol was almost identical. Mm-hmm. And so the FBI told everybody that that symbol means pedophile. Yep. But a triangle represents the Trinity. Yes. The spiral represents our journey through time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So it really depends on who's looking and and how you choose to take it. Yes. If your anchoring bias is rooted in what the fake news FBI told you, then you're going to believe that and there's nothing anybody can say. If you want that to be true, you're not going to believe little old me who's like, hey guys, I studied under a shaman, an indigenous shaman who taught me symbolism, who, you know, told me that the triangle is... A, a symbolic representation of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, mm-hmm. physical, spiritual, mental. Yep. Uh, and that the spiral is the shape of our journey through time. So when you put those two things together, it actually is an insanely holy and sacred symbol. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why would the FBI pervert that? Hmm, maybe <laughs> to scare you away from it? Yeah. Because there's probably some insanely deep wisdom and understanding that can be offered from anybody who holds that symbol yes but no yeah that, that must mean pedophile because the fbi told me that's what it means yeah you get what i'm saying yes anyway and that's that's it, i'm it's just a I, that's a sensitive spot for me because mm-hmm. i got called a pedophile for sharing this symbol that i saw in a vision mm-hmm. had no idea at the time this was before that whole story yep blew up mm-hmm. uh Yep. And I was just like, whoa, this is cool. Hey, check this out. It looks just like Bashar's. I wonder if if the guy who channels Bashar is 
the people behind the scenes are the same people working with me because mm-hmm. same. Anyway, long story short, multiple <laughs> meanings exist and it's important to use discernment. Yes. Does it make sense that someone like me having that symbol, does it make sense that I would either be along the lines of the Trinity with our journey through time with my understanding of nonlinear time and archetypes and, you know, that mm-hmm. higher knowing? Or does it make sense that the FBI is... The one telling the truth about that. Yeah. That's where discernment is super important. Yes. Uh, that kind of like ties in with, um, uh, I was going to say something. We, we got, got a little tangent. I'm a little passionate is, about that one. Yes. It irritates me. Yes. That good people are being attacked because yeah. of ignorant people. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> like, I, I was just thinking about like how um, the, one of the more important things that for, from my perspective anyway, about being able to see the truth is that you have to, um, I don't want to say have to, maybe, I don't know. I don't like using absolutes too much. Right. But like in my experience, the, the, uh, most effective way to see the truth is to, um, not hold on too tightly to what you think is the truth. That's wild. You know, cause it like, if you think you already know what something is, you're not going to look into it. Right. Or if like you, you see something and you're like, Oh, I already know what that is. Right. You're, you're not going to see it for what it is. You're seeing it for what you think it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, that's kind of a hard habit well, to break. There's sometimes. another quote that goes, uh, it, things are not always as they appear. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah, nothing. In my nothing experience. is as it seems. Yes, it's as you see it, not as it is, and yeah. that's a difficult thing to do. I, we should probably wrap this episode up soon. It's getting kind of long, but yes, can you observe something and allow it to just be without defining it? That's not easy, right? Like you see, I don't know. Like a rose, and you're like, oh, that's a rose. It has thorns. It, I shouldn't grab it, or it'll stab me. Right. I mean, well, there is a certain, like, self-preservation <laughs> aspect to that. Uh, it also blinds you to a lot of things about roses. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, can you can you allow it to be without creating a story around it? Yeah. Like, that's my understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a... My, my, my imagination and my mind, like I need, I need things to keep it busy or I'll create a story for everything yeah. instead of just allowing it to be what it is. Yeah. And mine's less about stories and more about rigid definitions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Everybody's different with how they do that, but yeah, it's an important thing to remember. Yes. Like, yeah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It happens. So we should probably take that as a sign to wrap this episode up for now. Yep. Um, Nonlinear time. We'll do more later. Yes. Maybe we'll do our next episode on archetypes. That sounds awesome. We yeah. Should do that. Yeah. Good times. Yes. So. Bye, everyone. Have a great day or night. Going back to the beginning of this episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Waterglow podcast. You can find us at podcast.waterglow.net. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere where you find podcasts, we're probably there. If you want to support the show, 
become a patron on patreon.com slash waterglow. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at podcast at waterglow.net. Thank you for listening, everyone.